Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. Welcome to New Tricks, where this week we're joined by Andy Easton, Managing Director at Beach Retreats, and Ben Harper, Group Managing Director, Watergate Bay Hotel, Beach Retreats and Another Place. We're debating summer's past and future and why we'd all be a lot more creative if we could all work beside the seaside, beside the sea. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Beachy. <laughs> Beachy. <laughs> of New Tricks, the weekly episode from New Dog PR. Um, This week, we are thrilled and delighted to be joined by Ben Harper, who is the Group Managing Director at Watergate Bay Hotel, Beach Retreats and Another Place, and Andy Easton, Managing Director at Beach Retreats. I've no idea what's going to happen with four of us on this. It may be carnage. It may be podcast gold. Gentlemen, welcome. How are you both? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for each other to talk. Today. <laughs> Andy, how yes. are you? Very polite I'm, this Monday morning. I'm fine, Emily, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, virtually. Oh, bless you, Andy. And um, Ben, how are you? I'm desperately trying not to talk over Andy. Uh, <laughs> um, a little better than you, Emily, I think, because uh, I can see your face. Yeah. No- <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? So I, uh, I've i been very lucky. I must remember that I've been lucky and I've had lucky. a jab on Saturday morning. And as we record this on Monday lunchtime, I am feeling terrible. And that's <laughs> the child friendly way of saying that. So I <laughs> children do listen a lot to this, actually. So that is relevant. We forced them to listen to it. <laughs> So I apologise in advance for my completely incoherent ramblings. But luckily, we've chosen a week where there are three other people on the podcast. So if you guys can just do all the talking, I will try and maintain that right position. But if I go off camera, then that would be why. Um, We must start, as always, with an update on how Catherine's M&S shelves are in a related stream of consciousness. My M&S shelves are doing still no milk. Still no milk in the M&S. Bacon is a feature, <clears throat> and a full complement of cheese now. Uh, so no milk, cheese, um, no clotted cream, yes, whipped cream, um, and that's about the level of it. You could rustle so up kind of, something. We've reached a level now. Yeah. Just a bit questionable. And lots of things coming in from other parts of Europe covertly. Um, so Swiss chocolate, very popular, with the thing saying, oh, new, you know, that Ranganusen? Ran- 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 no. The one you always get at the airport. It's got like chunks of something in it. I, I can't know. remember an airport. What's an airport? <laughs> it's air, things you get in airports. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's still going well for MS. Um, what's going more intriguingly for MS is that I will be exposing myself, and by I don't mean that like that. Um, <laughs> I meant it. I meant it more in a bringing my kind of dirty foreign variants with me way um, to the MS at uh, the Eurostar and St Pancras this week, where I will be testing finally the how to go abroad regime, um, which so far has cost me £600 in donations to donors. Uh, so that's nice. That's nice. So next week, tune in 
possibly from Wormwood Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> which, which seamlessly, it's as if we do an element of planning on this, brings us to how no one needs to go abroad because they can all stay in the UK and delight in many, many different forms of UK tourism, not least the ones that our guests this week provide. So to kickstart, perhaps, Ben, you can give us an overview of the brands and how they're faring, because it sounds like they're all doing all right. How's it going? Uh, yeah, really well. So we have um, Watergate Bay in Cornwall, which is a uh, now nearly eight, nearly uh, 77 uh, bed hotel um, right on the surfing beach um, in Cornwall. Um, we have another place, which is a um, a small yet growing collection of lifestyle hotels, um, the first of which uh, was opened on the shores of Oldswater in Cumbria, which again is, is um, stunning. And we have Beach Retreats, which is the business that Andy runs, which is our self-catering vacation rental, if you're American, um, platform, um, which we are massively excited about. And I suppose uh, we are doing well, not because we are massively clever, but because our brands all point to the bigger trends out there pre and post COVID of um, self-drive, elemental, lifestyle, leisure um, brands. Um, so we are, I'm sitting here at Watergate now, um, it's, it's alive. Um, we have bucket loads of people around the place. There's huge amounts of training, excitement, energy uh, in the building for the first time in months. So yeah, we're we're quite chipper on this Monday morning. Hurrah, Andy! How's beach retreats looking? Well, it's been a, a funny uh, twelve months, it's fair to say, for everybody. Uh, obviously, we're in a world of uh, uh, domestic travel and self catering, which is relatively, or percep- perceivably, better for uh, COVID risk. And obviously, we benefited from that as has everybody in the sector, but uh, we're taking on more properties. So we've got so we look after two hundred properties. And they're all on a on a beach in Cornwall, uh, within walking distance of a good beach, contemporary interiors, uh, good local amenities, and uh, we're, we're doing we're, we're doing well. Occupancy for the rest of this year is incredibly strong. We've opened up twenty twenty two, which is booking at a strong rate as well. Uh, and we're, we're we're kind of reopening now. We're, we've got guests down here, which is great to see them all around. And uh, looking forward to the remainder of our properties opening up on the 17th of May. And do you think this is here to stay? I'm intrigued as to whether, let's take aside the 600 quid additional tax for going <laughs> abroad at the moment. But but when that has passed um, and it's not quite such a challenge to get out of the country, do you still envisage there being that demand for the product, the beach retreat? with the beach retreats product or do you think that'll be lost in favor of Magaluf or wherever we're headed off these days what do you think Andy and then maybe Ben well we had lots of booking we've always had really strong occupancy I mean the the draw of a Cornish beach I mean just standing in the Cornish beach and experience the noise and the sensation of being surrounded by waves and rocks is in cliffs is like you know something that's always drawn people down to Cornwall and we've really kind of captured that niche and that uh, that experience really well over the past few years. So it, it was there before, and it, you know, I, I'm pretty confident that it'll be there after uh, this is all over and, for, and travel returns. 
yeah, let's say we, we've always kind of the booking patterns have changed. It's fair to say that everyone's booking far further in advance, and we're having to disappoint many people this year. But uh, like I said, the demand was there, is there, and will always be there. Ben, do you concur? Uh, I, I do concur. I think it would be um, I think it would be silly for us not to anticipate some kind of slight slow next year as the um as the pent-up demand for international travel will will become evident it has to be and you know the sustainability of these restrictions that Catherine's talked about and the cost implications of them it's it's you know it, it can't be like that um forever so i think the accessibility and the practicality and the affordability of international travel will improve over time so looking forward to next summer I think we will see um, uh, some uh, perhaps less uh, ridiculous demand. But, um, you know, one, one trend that we're definitely um, seeing is this kind of this this thought, and I'm trying to articulate this in as the least cheesy way as I can, but the idea of sort of purposeful travel and that I think as people ask the question of why they're traveling and where they're traveling to, um, I think is more important than ever and again it was a pre-covid trend and i think it's accentuated by um by by covid which is where people are seeking these more local real independent um experiences and the fact that perhaps the modern consumer has opened their eyes to what's on the doorstep is is interesting to us the other very practical and more commercial point is that we're we're not a massive business at the moment um we we, we are seriously growing but we have a the beach retreats which is the self-catering platform we have two hotels um and we have a big pond to fish in from a demand perspective so i i'm i'm still super ambitious and, and therefore what and i think i've talked to it before what, what i feel most pleased by over the last 12 months is that we've been really able we have been able to push on with our plans and we've got we've got lots in the pipeline um which is what i spent most of my time thinking about <laughs> Well, once we've all been able to travel again, and I wouldn't, Emily and I were discussing this before, I don't think there's going to be a limit or an, un, an unlimiting to the restrictions anytime soon because it suits the government to to maintain domestic tourism this summer, and why not? Um, <clears throat> but once that pond has become slightly smaller, even though your comparative pond space in it is still strong, how much of a, do you see any changes to price premiums that you can charge going forward? Is that a factor? Will you be um, competing I'll... again with cheap Airbnb? Uh, no, and I, I've been again. I've been really careful to to not not um, not benefit from this surge in demand by being lazy. You've not been gouging people like a Tory donor. No, we haven't. <laughs> what are you not learning? Well, you know, if anyone <laughs> stayed at our, <laughs> if anyone stayed at our hotels, they know they're not cheap. Um, um, good, good. You Tory they, donor yet? <laughs> they do constitute value, and I'm starting to get. Um, uh, PR again, you'll be proud of me. Um, but I mean, we we wrap a lot lot up in our room rates. So uh, you know, a week stay in the summer at the, another place, the lake or um, Watergate Bay, or indeed a beautiful five bed house looking over a beach um, in Cornwall, it's not a cheap thing to do. So we were always very mindful that actually putting the um, the revenue management foot on the gas, as it were, in this in this um, environment would, would, would be a mistake. Um, and there's two things there. One is we had a lot of business on the books anyway, so we didn't have a huge amount of up, uh, opportunity to, to, to generate incremental business. Um, 
and the second thing I can't remember. So uh, you can ask <laughs> that question now. There is Brandy a... management is complex. It is complex. <laughs> The interesting challenge for us in terms of pricing going forward in the world of beach retreats is that we have such a strong repeat, repeat uh, business. That was it. Thanks, Andy. That was it. <laughs> there you go. That's why there's two of you. I've got, I've got a yeah. statistic. So, so no repeat gouging. Well, Static. we had, 50, we had 56% of our guests come back again every year. Well, different properties, different times of year. So you kind of, you've got owners who want to recoup some of their losses in the past 12 months versus obviously kind of uh, guess who you want to keep in the long term so you've got a bit of a, f- a balancing out there to make sure that you're still uh you know kind of representing the accommodation owners but still delivering that kind of fair balanced pricing strategy to kind of keep your guests happy because obviously we, we, we want our guests to come back many of them do you know an awful lot because they know they're going to get a you know, well-presented accommodation and the right kind of guest experience when they get here and you know, so it, it, you could be, it's a very sensitive area, I think, definitely. And we don't want to be, you know, in the Daily Mail kind of being reported for doubling prices to profiteer from all this suffering and hardship, which is obviously really what we are not about. Yeah, PR's I good thing, last... but not so much from, not so much Daily Mail and unscrupulousness. Sorry, Ben, go on. Well, no, the last thing on that point around, um, well, what, 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 whether. Uh, whether it's whether it's long term or not, is that the loyalty piece is, and it's something that's staggered me through the last year around how loyal our guests have been. Um, and I, 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 the interesting thing about the, the long term sustainability thing on, on on demand is actually our guests uh, would normally have a week skiing, um, a couple of weeks somewhere hot, and what they would constitute as a cheeky week at, at Watergate. Um, so we, we've always been probably the second or third holiday and whether that changes or not. But again, our, our demographic and our guests hasn't changed. They've stuck with us through this. So I, I still see that coming back. What about um, what about business travel? Because this seems to be an area where there's a lot of a lot of um, musing and pontificating, um, not necessarily when and if it will come back, but what where your role is in the future of business travel and I suppose talking across all the brands but but particularly to beach retreats do you think do you think the is it is it genuinely an option that people might take a month bring their families down manage to integrate some work with childcare, with family time, and and how are have you got any um, insight from guests as to whether that's an option for them, and how can how how are you looking to facilitate it? Perhaps Andy, you could take that one first. Yeah, a couple a couple of things there. I mean, anecdotally, we've had a fair few people in the past who will come down for a month, or two months, typically in the more in the creative industries. So they're kind of writing a book or they're composing or creating some artwork. And and that the our spaces work really well in that you've got the practicalities of uh cup of coffee or do your laundry or whatever, but you've still got a great space with that inspirational outlook over the beach, which can kind of help you to help get those creative juices going, I guess. But of course, now we you know we live in this whole work anywhere world now, which is very exciting. I think. I mean, it's Cornwall. It, it, we are a, a, a leisure destination, and our, and our guests currently, the makeup of them is 
holidays not work i can tell you that 40 percent of our guests do work when they're down here so that's you know, looking at emails or something a bit more involved, but the potential, you can see the potential is huge because many different areas for us to really kind of help businesses who've got that more fluent approach to who's working where and when with, with our spaces. Anything to add, Ben? Uh, I'm fascinated by the, the future of business travel, I suppose, one, because um, I spent 15 years in, in business travel before I, um, before I, took to this 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 role um i think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks around all the consolidation that's happening in that space is is super interesting but i do think that it will take a long time for the transient business travel market to 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 get to any level that it was experiencing before the idea that you might jump on a plane to take one meeting in new york it feels really quite quite stark t- to me um but I also feel that the the days of kind of sitting in a in a I was going to use a name then I won't but sitting in a, a city was it travel lodge or was it no 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 because okay. was it Old Inn no maybe was it Radisson um, it, it, might, it might have been the middle one um, with a Ooh. with a, a very high quality but very beige buffet and a bunch of PowerPoint with fifty people um, in in suits um, working in inverted commas um, I, I think. I think again that I can't see how people will be inspired to do that. But the idea that um, the work from anywhere thing, where you can you can do your your role from anywhere, um, and corporate policies will allow that. Um, I.e., you can come into the office if you want to. If if you don't want to, then don't. But the need for people to get together in teams and connect um, once a quarter once a year, whenever it would be, and our role and our opportunity to facilitate that in iconic locations that don't necessarily centre around big conference rooms, but rather, you know, put together programmes that involve getting out in the surf or getting out on the lake, eating together and drinking together and walking, hiking, running, whatever. I think that that we're, we're, we're pretty inspired by that thought. And again, commercially, the idea that you can move into that new um, segment in certain off-peak times of the year, again, is really interesting across our three brands. It's interesting that you put work into into um, into quote marks there, following up from what Andy was saying about um, the creative people coming to the beach. And we've learned apparently from this that um, people are more creative if they're not more creative, more productive if they work from home because they're not commuting, because they're not being irritated by their colleagues and their relentless wittering, um, unless you're homeschooling. Um, and 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 so on. So, so, do you think that there's an element of you can be more productive if that? So, that my um, dog homeschooling a new dog is, is <laughs> ripping my earphones out. Um, which is fine. Um, do, do you think there's an element of more productivity in this environment as well that you can persuade business guests of? Um, don't know. It's all about productivity, isn't it? It's all about when we go back, there's going to be a huge plunge in productivity uh, as everyone is less productive in an office, it turns out. Don't tell office investors. Um, can you be more productive by the beach? Is that a more kind of condensed? I, th- I think the I- the idea that you can do different parts of your role in different environments so if you need focus if you need to be inspired if you need creativity in fact if you need to get away from the hustle and bustle and the stress of of urban environments then i think the modern employer is very very careful to understand that i think actually the the, the uh, 
I'm spending a lot of my time at the moment thinking about productivity on another level, which is actually um, how do we how do we deal with what is a massive problem in hospitality? But again, I don't want to sort of segue the conversation, but it'd be, it, uh, I'm really interested to see what sort of industry colleagues are doing in that space, which is we are facing a massive problem around how we attract, retain, recruit good people to come and work in our businesses. Um, but again, um, to answer your question, I think I think you can be uh, more product productive, and I think people have learned how to work from home in a very different way. Um, but again, it, I don't have any particularly new or innovative thoughts on that. I just take from my experience. Also, I don't think dogs are particularly good for productivity. We got <laughs> and it just sits there and scrabbles at my um, feet and, and wheeze all over my home office, which is really disappointing. Yes, <laughs> sounds familiar so in any way, Catherine. He has resonating. He always does, he likes to tie these huge craps always for the podcast, which means that I'm creating this kind of mental connection between our podcast and the smell of feces, which is really bad PR. <laughs> Dog, I mean, dog breathing. That, that's, a, that's a good business to be in right now. My goodness. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. Get some get some bargains out there. But I, I think that, that there is a similarity between your point about productivity in the workplace and productivity of the hospitality workplace, um, because you're both looking for the same thing, aren't you? Kind of concentrated creativity, and then all the other stuff can hopefully be parked by automation, um, which is it's, the way, it's, that, it's, the way that everyone is, is looking to get through it, aren't they? It is really interesting because another thing that we're seeing, particularly down in in Cornwall, is that actually one of the reasons why we can't attract people back into our business to do, for example, F&B roles is because it's very, very easy to work for yourself now. You know, the idea that you you buy a van and you convert it and you do great speciality coffee and you can just pitch up and take a season, uh, take a season's um, pitch uh, on a beach um, is super attractive to a demographic um, who are now asking questions around actually, do I want to go back and work in a, in a relatively big hotel? So, and again, that layers into some of the sort of the hospitality vibe that we're seeing across the UK, which is, you know, you know, all these brilliant, authentic, independent um, providers adding probably a better and more varied experience for for the guest. Yeah, I think that that element is going to improve hospitality no end after it being in something of a parlous state as we went into this. It, of course, in the, in the world of self-catering you know, or self-catering apartments and apart hotels, connecting with these entrepreneurs is both a challenge and a very exciting opportunity in that we can, going back to that local experience, that authentic local experience, and how we can tap into that when you've got a, a, you've got units all over the country is is key really yeah you raise a valid point how to sort of curate that and and make it actually happen um just before we ask you guys but the questions that we ask everyone at the end of the podcast i am fascinated to understand a bit more about how how you are all three of your brands are what's the secret sauce i want to know how is it how have you got to where you've got to and this isn't just as we talked about full circle as we talked about at the beginning this isn't just a post-covid quick let's do this you were doing it before um was that driven by being really in touch with consumers and figuring out understanding what it is they want was it just was it driven by a vision what is it how did it come to pass and um yeah just tell us how you do it please ben can you start uh i can try and one of the reasons i 
I um, <clears throat> I partnered with these guys three years ago is that um, I'm massively inspired by the, the the vision and the vision really from a Watergate perspective was to create a ski resort on a beach, which which um, is kind of something that I always have in the back of my mind, which is this collection of interesting, authentic, independent experiences within the confines of a pretty small um, resort. We don't talk, use the word resort, but but the bay is a small place, but you can eat and drink in four or five different places. We have a surf school where you can um, uh, learn to surf. We have a, uh, a swim club, which is our take on spa. Um, and it all points to an active, relaxed lifestyle. Um, and I think what 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 we've done well here and what the, the team and the founders and, and, and the leaders over the years have done brilliantly is be laser-like, have laser-like focus on this brand. Um, and it's created the loyalty that I talked to earlier. Um, and it's aspirational, but accessible and um, actually pointing to the way that people want to to live, which is to get out there, to be together, to um, challenge yourself if you want to challenge yourself in an active um, lifestyle or not, but ultimately to come back and eat and drink really well and have a great room. Um, and it's it's beautifully simple, uh, and I think that's that's what that's what inspires me about the whole concept, and that's that's prevalent across our three brands. But Andy, I don't know if you want to talk specifically about Beach Streets. Well, it's fascinating in that I think self-catering sector sometimes can be guilty about promoting the four walls of the accommodation. And obviously you don't come to Cornwall to stare at a wall, I guess, in your living room, but you come to enjoy the beaches and the countryside and the attractions and the food and the drink. I remember once one of our developments, about five people, probably in the late 20s, early 30s, came out of one of our accommodation, one of our houses, and they had all the running kit on, and they were off. This is like 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, and they were running the coastal pass for, you know, up and down, up and down this great big roof. And I'm thinking, is that a holiday? Well, for them it is, and absolutely it is, because they're taking, they're changing their route from the city centre park that they normally do and they're running this inspirational coastal path so that experience driven marketing messaging is really what we've always focused on is it's not it's what you do do you want to go to uh, to to a market town and explore some craft shops or do you want to uh, do you want to just go surfing and get in the water I think is especially ever more nowadays in terms of well-beingness and being active uh, getting in the water uh, running the coastal path, walking the coastal path is is really something that seems to really engage with our guests. Fabulous. And then just yeah. just just, just uh, you know, again, a more commercial point, and the the, the 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 beauty of that and that razor light focus on brand is that it's um, it connects with such a broad range of guests, which means that you know we're we're running fifty bed, fifty to seventy bed hotels in um, tourist locations and we do 93% occupancy which is way way above what we would consider a, a, a concert and it's because in January you'll see an older demographic of people without kids then it will move into a sort of um, younger couple with preschool children then it will move into a very relatively straightforward um, school holiday crowd and that cycle over the 12 month year means that we're able to 
really drive the occupancy of these hotels, which again is what makes us profitable and successful and what, what, what enables us to reinvest in our business and to keep creating new experiences. So it all, it all connects. It does indeed. Thank you for that explanation. That was really helpful. Um, okay, we're going to um, ask you those questions that we ask all of our podcasts, uh, all of our podcast guests. That'll be the, the vaccine come down. Um, and perhaps to streamline this, um, if we ask the questions and then Andy answers and then Ben answers to avoid the talking over, as we have discussed. Um, so, Andy, I'm going to start with you. When the shutters are up and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do is... Go back to bed and look like <laughs> Look like me for three days. But aside from that, after that, be, that what are you going to do? That could, be, that could be challenging, I'm afraid. Uh, I'll have to shave a beard off for a start. But, uh, okay. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes for the pandemic. So I'm the one who converted a van into a camper van in 2019 and then couldn't go anywhere in 2020 in it so uh, i'm do i just kind of see if i can dare get on a ferry and go to a foreign country in it that'd be quite exciting who knows <laughs> yes but that'd be the goal i guess <laughs> got it that's a good goal what about you ben um uh um i'm speaking as a a, a dad of three young children and a really <laughs> annoying puppy um so i i'm going to go and sit run away run away <laughs> and, and shake gently no I, i'm it's it's actually been a pretty relentless uh 14 15 months um and people are surprised by that um when they don't know the industry and they don't know our businesses because how we managed to create so much work for ourselves um, over the last uh, 14, 15 months has actually staggered me and, and we haven't stopped. Um, so I, I will I will take a pause um, at some point, whether that be for a week or two, um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really keen to go and see my, my family in the US. For some reason, I'm, I, I really want to get out to, to just experience something different. And that's weird having just talked about the... Um, the, the beauty of domestic tourism um but yeah i hop on a plane and go and listen to some music in nashville or something with my old uncle um it sounds quite attractive right now it really does and i think that's probably um indicative of quite a few people's immediate travel wishes is to reconnect with friends and family i think that would probably is probably what will drive um that initial travel boom so the next question is the best thing about the sector so andy why don't you answer that first uh, well, I'm a big advocate. Working in, in in the sector is fantastic because you do feel like many times you're on holiday because you're surrounded by this this leisure environment, this hotel or holiday apartments. You're surrounded by people who are on holiday in a good mood normally. Uh, so it, I think you know it, it's just a, a good place to work in. And what well, the people, the people who kind of like a lot of our team are so dedicated to looking after the guests and looking after our the, the properties that it, it makes life a lot easier definitely indeed what about you ben yeah what what he said really um <laughs> i'm i'm without without sort of touting the corporate messaging um you know our, our our role is to to create moments of happiness and i find that quite inspiring and quite motivational um uh so yeah it, it's just a i think it's a positive industry we're doing something positive and i think actually the world looking into hospitality probably sees that having not had any for uh, 14 months 
Um, and again, I, I, I think a lot about that and what we can do to create those happy moments. Absolutely. Don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, Andy, the sector would be significantly improved if... So in the world of self-catering, it's slightly different to hotels. Uh, I think we would benefit from consistency as an option. I know fascinating that we're still referred to as alternative accommodation as a, as a little kind of niche, whereas you know you talk about Airbnb, which we're not going to go into now, but has kind of such a reach now in, in the psyche of travellers that we just want to kind of uh, have a bit of consistency. I think that's what we, you know, we talk about consistency and that's everything from being accurate about describing the accommodation all the way through to the cleanliness and maintenance to make sure that uh, it's got on that hotel standard of guest experience. Absolutely. Ben, what are your thoughts on how it would be significantly improved? Um, I I think a a more innovative and future-proof approach to to people i think the industry has been super lazy um, and expectations that people want to work 60 hours in a kitchen for um little 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 more than minimum wage or national living wage is 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 uh it's not acceptable um and again i think this last 12 to 14 months has has caused us all to really look hard at, at this type of thing and I think make some changes for the positive so I think if we can all um, do that then uh, I think it will be um, a big positive for the industry. Absolutely Andy what the industry needs now is a holiday. Yay! <laughs> well, oh, that's, that's me that's me that's me that's <laughs> sorry. Uh, again it, it, <laughs> you know, Ben made a really good point there and actually we've been closed for much of the last 12 months but we've probably been working harder than we ever had have had to in terms of you know addressing the challenges but also uh, seizing, seizing the moment and work out where we're going next so that's just me everyone else I don't know Ben knows about the rest of the world <laughs> go on Ben what, what, the the industry need, what the industry needs now is Actually, again, what he said. Um, but uh, if you think about, and again, I've listened to lots of this type of thing and I've become obsessive as I sit in my kids' playroom and, and work from home for, for 14 months. Um, but the idea that um, operators have had a moment of not operating um, has led to unbelievable innovation and creativity, whether that be, you know, the, the horrible pivot word or whether it just be about doing things better or actually just working out really hard stuff like furlough and like how you calculate the VAT drop and all that stuff but I think personally for me and my team it's creating space to actually think and plan and 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 strategize and the benefit of that my god we've tra- you know some of the stuff that we've done has been transformational will set us on a, on a 10-year 10-year p- path now um and I think a lot of it would have gone in the too hard pile. If or it haven't wasn't got enough that. time. Yeah, too hard, too difficult, not enough time. Um, so I, I, you know, as the kind of person responsible for pulling these plans together, I, I need to need to think about that hard and make sure that we create that time and space for us to be able to do that because it's super, super effective. Absolutely. And the final question, um, Andy, I'd like to think we've learned from this. <laughs> this is it. We need more pet friendly accommodation. 
in common. This is what this is about. It's all going <laughs> definitely. Uh, what we learned from this? Uh, my goodness me, that, that's a it's a very uh, philosophical question, that isn't it? Uh, value of people. There you go. The value of our team. Hurrah, Ben. Uh, we, we we can change more effectively and quicker than we had anticipated. Um, and if you're forced into thinking hard and, and making quick, difficult decisions, then you can. And actually, very often, a decision is better than the wrong decision. Making a decision is better than making the wrong decision. And I think we've got quite good at that now. And actually, the power of just making good, quick, bold decisions and sticking by them um, has been something that we've all um, learned from. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.